Hey, hello there, and welcome to another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. I'm Mr. Warren Hayes, and guess what we do here? We talk about pro wrestling. Yeah, that's the topic. That's the thing. We do this every week right here on the Mr. Warren Hayes Show podcast, uh, where we record live every Tuesday night at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, if you ever want to join in. But right now, you're listening to this on demand, whether it's on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes or on your favorite podcast app. Thank you very much for hanging out, for being here. We're recording this on June 20th. We're the day before the start, the official start of summer. So, you know, maybe, maybe you're done with school. Maybe you're starting a summer vacation. Maybe you're just taking some time off. Maybe you're just soaking in some sun. And you're listening to me right now, helping you kick off the, the, the summer season. And thank you. I appreciate it. And I hope I bring a little sunshine into your joy of pro wrestling fandom. So that's what I'm going to do. That's my target right here. But listen, before we get into all of that, leave a like on this video if you're watching on YouTube. And if it's the first time you're here, consider subscribing as well. That would be fantastic. Plus, on top of that, if you like to, you can also leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or a five-star rating on Spotify if you're listening to this on audio. Every little bit works and it helps. Every little bit helps and it works out really well to get the channel out there, to get the podcast out there even more. It helps for growth. Thank you very much in advance for doing it. Um, there's a couple of little house keeping notes that I'd like to share with you. Uh, I will be traveling to Forbidden Door uh, this weekend. So um, the AEW collision review that I typically do on, well, that I've started doing because I did a brand, it started just this past Sunday. You should go check it out if you want my full thoughts on the show. But uh, I will be doing one on Sunday from my hotel room uh, in downtown Toronto. So um, you know, if you, it probably might end up being audio only. I'm going to see how, you know, transfer times and stuff like that go because of, you know, my crappy hotel Wi-Fi. You know, I probably won't have access to all of these great tools that I usually have at home. So, you know, I'm planning on putting out the Dynamite, uh, the Collision Review per usual, or at least for the second week in a row, let's put it that way. <laughs> feels like it's already an old hat and a habit. Um, but uh, I don't know if there's going to be any video is what I'm trying to say. I'm going to try at the very least to get some audio up, even on YouTube. Fingers crossed. Hopefully it all works out. Otherwise, my Dynamite review this week on Thursday is going to come out without a hitch. So make sure you 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 join me for that, for the Go Home Show, for the Dynamite Go Home Show before Forbidden Door. Um, so there you go. So, so that's, that's how things are going to happen. And then, of course, next Tuesday, I'll be right back sitting here to break down Forbidden Door. We're going to talk about it extensively. It's going to be a good time. I'm already excited. I haven't even seen the show, and I'm excited to talk to you about it. Um, otherwise, don't forget, there is a Discord that you can join. If you want to keep talking about professional wrestling, the link is in the description. We'd love to have you there. Not only do we, we'd like to have you as a, dis, uh, as a Discord member, I'd like to have you as a channel member here on the YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes channel. Hit the join button, become a member, show a little support for me. Plus, you get access to the members only stream, uh, which happens every Friday over lunch. And then you can listen to on demand uh, after as well. It's a good time. It's a lot more casual. And if you want my full thoughts on the CM Punk ESPN interview, that's the only place you're going to get it. So you have to become a member to, to, to get in on that action. But in the meantime, we've got some stuff to talk about tonight. We're going to be talking about AEW Collision. Add in some thoughts in here. We're going to preview Forbidden Door 2. 
or the MLW WWE lawsuit is still in the news. There's still a lot of stuff going on in pro wrestling, so we're going to talk about it. So let's get going. Weekly Wrestling Inspection. Hey, oh! So tonight, we are going to start off the podcast officially with some collision thoughts. Let's talk about the AEW collision a little bit. Uh, we made it, lads. We it, we made it to collision. It actually happened. It, nothing, no one torched the place. No one torched the place. It didn't end up, you know, all unraveling at the last minute. Congratulations. Good job, everyone. Listen, but jokes aside, I thought it was a good, solid show that felt different enough from Dynamite. Um, and I'm not, but I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not gonna get into it. And you see, TSN did a good job on top of that streaming the thing. So good job, TSN Plus. I think I heard that they're gonna be they're gonna be showing some collisions on TSN Five, or or did I, did I completely? Th th this is Canadian talk right now. Or did I make that up? I don't know. Maybe I made that up. Maybe I'm making this up. Don't take. Don't, I think I saw that. I don't. I shouldn't have blurted it out without being sure. Don't sue me. At midnight? Nah, that stinks. Uh, go to hell then. <laughs> go. Go to hell, TSN. Are you gonna tell me that that? What is? What? What? I'm gonna check this out now. TSN five schedule. We're going to take a look at this. Because I want to know what the TV schedule on a Saturday. Let's say Saturday, June 24. Okay. What is so significant about us on TSN 5? No, they're doing it at 8 p.m. They're broad. I see it right here. They're broadcasting collision live. From the Scotiabank Arena, I, I'm seeing it right before my eyes. I've got it right here on the schedule. 8 p.m. on June 24th, this Saturday, All Elite Wrestling Collision at the Scotiabank Arena in Toronto, 8 p.m. Eastern. Tell John Pollock to kiss my ass. No, no, don't say that to John. He's such a nice guy. <laughs> that that might get edited out. <laughs> we might just keep that amongst ourselves here. <laughs> uh, but actually, that's good news. I don't know how far this. How far can we? How far can we check the schedule in advance? Can we go to Saturday, July first? Is that going to be a thing now? No, then on the first, we're back to UFC. So it's not going to be a constant thing. It's not suddenly, it's not suddenly, uh, but unless, I mean, the schedule can change. It's two weeks away still, but we have UFC fight night from 7 p.m. onward and then boxing at 10. So unless they decide to switch it up, but I mean, look, oh, anyway. 
I don't have boo real fighting indeed. Anyway. What were we talking about? Collision. Yeah, listen. I thought it was a good strong show. Uh, I am not going to do a deep dive into everything collision related. If you want that, there is absolutely 100% right there available for you just to, to love and enjoy my entire collision review. I went in depth into everything, uh, covered just about everything. But look, since I'm talking about it without getting into the weeds, I think uh, I, uh, there's there's still some things that we can that we can chit chat about um in regards specifically to the business of that night as you guys and gals and non-binary pals like i uh, know this is what i like to do uh, the last update we got uh courtesy of wrestle ticks here 9280 tickets distributed for a setup of 10145 um again that's good business and we're of course we're we're a a far cry than where we were last year or two years ago I should say when CM Punk actually did come back to pro wrestling and they filled out the United Center just on the breeze of of a rumor that he was going to be there. Um, this is an entirely different environment. You can only have the big return once. Yada yada yada. Like you know, it's not it's not the um, I, I I think it's understandable. Wouldn't we agree? I think it's understandable that we're not exactly, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're not exactly hitting the highs of, uh, of 2021 here. Um, but nonetheless, it's good business. It's, it's good business despite not being a sellout. Um, I'd say a near $10,000, a 10,000 person uh, gate. You know, I don't know how much of this was papered. Like, I don't know how much was comped here. But, you know, dynamites generally don't do this number. You know, the highest ones will be around six, seven thousand, but never close to ten. And the median is actually much lower. We're more around the four thousand, thirty-five hundred, four thousand uh, per dynamite. So, you know, as a TV taping, as a TV date for a new show, on top of that, I'm pretty sure AEW is satisfied with this. I'm pretty sure that. Backstage, Tony Khan and Mookie and the rest—they're all patting themselves on the back and saying, "All right, good job, everyone. Good job. This was, this was, a, this was, this was successful." They're probably not popping the champagne, but I, I you know, I don't think they're disappointed either. Um, again, like I said, I enjoyed the the show overall. You know, the the CM Punk show—a show where I believe CM Punk is going to be a monster heel. I, I this is what I sincerely believe. And it's also one where uh, where there will not be uh, a hard roster split either. At least not for everyone. And I think that's good news. And I think, what are you basing yourself this off of, Warren? Well, look, we had uh, uh, Ruby and Tony Storm and Willow and, and Sky Blue on the show. I mean, they're, they're not suddenly going to be pigeonholed into into dynamite uh, excuse me into collision on uh on 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 uh, on saturdays right just because they showed up i don't think that makes sense um and then you had the acclaimed who cut their promo right basically saying you know oh we're going to be moving around we're going to be moving around so on and so forth you know and 
you know, we're, we're, we're going to be here, you know, you're, because everyone likes the acclaim. What did they say? Uh, acclaimed every weekend, right? Acclaimed every Wednesday and acclaimed every weekend. Acclaimed every week. Um, so, you know, that probably removed a lot of pressure from a lot of people. And quite frankly, I think this is the best decision. Um, unless, because the only way this would have worked is for Tony Khan to have committed to it. Because the other guys don't. And we know what kind of shit show that turns out to be. Where you're supposed to care about this brand split. You're supposed to care about these drafts that they do. But then ultimately, it just comes up being this just one big old roster where people get thrown wherever they're needed. Which is probably a really good way to operate, don't get me wrong. So that's why I'm saying the only way this would have worked is if Tony Khan had completely committed to doing the to doing the uh, to doing the bit here uh, and uh, and made sure that everything stayed the same now uh, again this won't be the case for everyone right the bucks the young bucks maybe Kenny Omega will stay off oh we'll talk about this in a second you know John Moxley doesn't care much for Phil either from what I from what I understand but we'll see. I'm I'm just happy that there's no that 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 there's no line in the sand here and that we're not creating this unnecessary uh, uh, regulation just keep things free flowing send send you send the people you need to send on whatever night you need you need them to pop a rating to draw a crap right does that make sense I think that I think that makes sense um, I enjoyed seeing the new faces on Collision as well. The new rejuvenated faces, reinvigorated, motivated faces. I know guys like Andrade and Miro for their past uh, shenanigans have not necessarily endeared themselves to a certain uh, 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 to a certain subset of fans. I know this, and uh, not gonna lie, you know. It's Especially when it comes, especially when it came to um, to Andrade, I thought it started to get a little annoying. I thought it was just starting to get a little okay, brother. If you if you really don't like it, there just you know leave. Don't don't just don't come into work. You know if you really don't like it, if you want to start picking fights, just hit the bricks, pal. You know. But it's like I said on Sunday. I'll repeat it here. You know, you can be upset at whatever wrestler being upset about their position on the card. I can tell you one thing. Most wrestlers, I'm painting a, a, a big brushstroke. This isn't the case for everyone. But most wrestlers complain about their, about their position on the card regardless of where they are. Even if they're at the top, they're still going to complain. Every wrestler thinks that they should be pushed more than they are pushed now. All right? It is just as simple as that. It's really just as simple as that. So when I see Miro coming out, you know, being a big baby and Andrade coming out and being a big baby, I can, you can only imagine how they are backstage, but these are just the people who decide to go public with it, who decide to make a scene. Because I, I promise you, wrestlers are never happy about their push.
Jason PS3, nice to see you. Member of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show channel, by the way. Become a member today. But regardless, like, abstract from all of that, I think, analytically speaking, if you are an observer of the game, um, it, you cannot not admit that both Andrade and Miro had great outings. Andrade had the second best match of the night uh, with uh, with Buddy Murphy. I think that's that that's just plain and simple. And it's not even like it's not even like oh you know a far second. No, these guys worked. I really liked the match, and people were really into it. And it was Andrade's best AEW match. This is a match that he needed on top of that. It was a match that he needed to get his star power and mojo going back. He was doing shit that I hadn't seen him done in a while. Like the running back elbow. I remember, I then I got flashbacks of Andrade Cien Almas, right? Where it's like, okay, uh, yeah, I remember this. That fucking ruled. He'd decapitate guys with that. So he needed this. And if this is a reset, a restart that he needs... To make himself feel better, to make to to give to re-energize himself and just put on good matches for us, the 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 viewing audience. Uh, I'm fine with it. Same with Miro. I enjoyed the match. I loved his enhancement match. I thought it was great. Paired up perfectly with Tony Nese and uh, I. Why couldn't we? I'm I'm excited for this. Why wouldn't I be excited to watch motivated wrestlers now? If if it turns out that in three months they're pissed off because they're not main eventing the Wembley show or whatever, well, fuck them. You know what I'm like? I mean, what are you going to do? Well, what are you going to do? In the meantime, I watch them on a Saturday night, both of these dudes in separate matches. And I'm like, okay, this rules. They're back. This is great. Hey, Ryan Smith. Nice to see you and welcome. But look, you know, I'm curious to see how all of this is going to move forward and the pacing and all of that. You know, I really enjoyed the show. As I said, if you, you know, just like my full thoughts on the CM Punk promo. If you want, it's on the collision review that's right here on this channel. If you want to, or this podcast, I, 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 go, I go deep into it. But there are some things that I want to we bring once again back to the surface because I really do feel that um, that this needs to be a little more of a talking point. I want to get this out there. There's a, a few people talking about it, but I don't think it's it's. I will I will say that I believe that. With what happened this weekend at Collision with that CM Punk promo, I believe we are closer to getting CMFTR versus the Elite than we were a week ago. Now, am I saying I am expecting it, that it is absolutely going to happen? No. Let's pump the brakes here. Let's say this whole thing is a pie. All right? It's a great big... Lemon meringue pie. I made myself a lemon meringue pie this weekend for Father's Day. I decided to treat myself 
I made myself a lemon meringue pie. Why do you ask? Because lemon meringue pie is my favorite dessert. So let's say we got a nice big ass lemon meringue pie Warren Hayes made. It is my, the feeling that I have and, and the pie represents the 100% chance of getting CMFTR versus the elite, okay? It is a tiny, tiny slice of that pie. Like an, a minuscule slice, one that you'd have to cut with like the most, uh, with, the mo with the sharpest, most precise Japanese steel to get a proper slice served on and, you know, removed with such, uh, with, 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 with such a, 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 a care so that it doesn't tumble apart. Something, so basically something that I couldn't do. So I'm not here saying, oh, we're absolutely getting it. What I'm saying is we are, we, I feel a little more comfortable in thinking that this match might happen. And why do you ask? Because of the counterfeit Bucks line, which I do not think that it was coincidental. Why again? Is that all that? No, because CM Punk was working a heel. CM Punk was working a heel promo here. It wasn't a rah-rah, AEW rules, rah-rah, collision rules promo. This was a, this was a me promo. This was a me, 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 me promo in regards to CM Punk because, you know, that's what, pro, that's what, that's the kind of, of promo heels cut, right? They cut promos about themselves and that was entirely what CM Punk was about. Sure, he did the thank you, my, you know, crowd for supporting me and loving me and all that shit. But this is probably the biggest, the loudest positive reaction that CM Punk is going to get on this stretch of the tour. I don't see him heading into uh, heading into Newark, heading into Edmonton, heading into Calgary with everyone going CM Punk like in unison, like we've seen in the past. I it's just not going to happen. Cause this is so the fact that he was leaning in so much into it and he mentions the bucks in passing okay cool and he, it's just in passing like that i don't think he would have been worried about going full mask off especially after slamming adam page like he did in the espn interview he did last friday or it was that was published i should say last friday oh you want my full thoughts on that? Become a member of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show channel. We had a nice stream last Friday where I read it cold with, with the members. So if you want my full thoughts, it's there, it's available. Hey, Lucas Charpion, bonsoir. Hey, merci, content de te voir. So, you see where I'm getting at here? You see where I'm getting at? I'm, I'm starting to feel like, I'm starting to feel like, you know, even this stuff that we had heard beforehand, that CM Punk wants to work heel, wants to work heel, but the creative plans are babyface. 
oh, he, you know, he's going off on his own thing. I, I still don't buy it. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm having, I'm having trouble buying it. Let's put it that way. It's not that I don't buy it. I'm having trouble buying it now because this was clearly 100% a heel promo. And if CM Punk really wanted to tear into someone live and on TV, do you think that he would have held back? If he really wanted to say some nasty ass shit about the Jacksons, do you think he would have held back? This is a guy who a few months ago called out Adam Page while he wasn't scheduled to call him out and called him out and made him look like a coward because that wasn't, that wasn't on the run sheet. He went, into, he went effectively into business for himself. Right? You remember that? And Adam Page in the interview buried him. Okay. No, the, the more things are going on, the more I think that this is going exactly as planned. Because from what I understand, Tony Khan was, on, was in on the call in the ESPN interview. I know Dave reported, Meltzer reported that, Oh, I don't think anyone was on the was on the call. And I don't think saying I don't think it's anyone's on the, is actually a report, but uh, nevertheless, you know, I've interviewed a couple, a handful of AEW talent and not even like upper crust like top tier people. And there was always always a PR person on the line. Always. But apparently, there was the PR person and Tony Khan was on the call. So everything that was being said was being corroborated. Everyone seemed okay with it. No one jumped in and said, well, hey, Phil, <laughs> uh, we got to move along here. None of that happened. So I, this is when I'm starting to think the sliver of the pie, this tiny wee sliver of the pie I'm that wee bit of that wee bit of pie here is leading me to believe that maybe everything between CM Punk and the Elite has been smoothed over, and we're we're in a bit we're in a little moment here we're in a bit that's working the smart fans via wrestling media, and I want to make sure that I'm clear here. I'm not saying that wrestling media is complicit in this, if this is a big fucking if, okay? Tremendous if. I'm not saying that wrestling media is complicit in this. And I am not saying that this has been a work. I think what happened uh, at, uh, at the gripe bomb last year is absolutely a shoot. But I think things have smoothed over I'm starting to think. Let me try. I got to rephrase this. I don't want to go. Don't, don't get don't get too excited, Warren. Have a sip of sparkling yogurt beverage. I'm starting to believe that things might have smoothed over. It's just there's there's just stuff happening right now that just has my spidey sense tingling and. Like I said, yeah, you know, I said on Sunday, my, my Spidey Spence doesn't have a 100% hit mark, 
but there's I there's something here that we're not privy to and we're probably never going to be privy to because if by any chance this has been smoothed over the only way this is going to get people excited if it ever does happen if we ever do get the hung bucks versus cmftr is if everyone is kept in the dark everyone is kept in the dark media the fans i mean smart fans so that means keeping the media in the dark the media are like i said they're not complicit they're reporting stuff that's being fed to them And I know it's a difficult one to, to swallow because if this comes into work territory, we have to, we always have to, you know, stay, stay, uh, keep our minds, our heads swiveled on straight and make sure that everything is clear here, right? The, what, there, there's always two things to consider. Working your locker room is never good. I, it's never a good idea unless the entire locker room is in on this, which I fail to believe is possible, not with the size of that locker room. So working your locker room, never a good idea. And what is the payoff to this? Now the payoff is actually interesting because the payoff is the biggest match that AEW could probably put on, which would be Hangman Page and the Bucks versus CMFTR. Like that's legitimately, that is legitimately a huge match. Tremendous match. That is, in your boy's opinion, a stadium sellout match. Sellout, it's a stadium match. How about that? You don't, you don't fill, you can fill more than a 19,000 seat basketball arena. Absolutely. That's a stadium match right there. And not an Ar not Arthur Ashe. I'm talking, you know, suburban, go there with your car, <laughs> stadium kind of setup. That's what I think. That's when I'm that's where I'm starting to to go with this tiny sliver of of pie. So as opposed to many times when work shoots happen, or at least when you're working your 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 uh, locker room, as opposed to many of those times, there is actually a legitimate big time payoff you can have here, right? Because that's always the danger. If you're going to do it, you have to do it for an end game that is going to be meaningful. That is going to draw a crowd. That is going to sell some tickets. That's going to sell some pay-per-views. That's always what you... That's the end result of it. That's why Vince Russo completely lost the point. Because he was just doing shoot work shoots all the time. Keeping everyone in the dark. But there was... And ratings were failing. So why was he doing it in the first place? Uh, and to answer a question in the chat from our boy uh, JPJ, no, I'm not thinking Wembley. I'm thinking a completely different arena because Wembley sold out. Or, well, it's not sold out. There's like what sixty-six thousand tickets sold. What is Wrestle? What is our what is our WrestleTix telling us right now? There's sixty-six thousand tickets. 
updated yesterday. 66,000 tickets. You don't put that show there. You put it on a show that you have to sell. You get the, I don't know, the AT&T Center, you get something big. And you try your luck there. Because there are shows that Tony Khan, last year, you can, I'm trying to say too many things at once here. Tony Khan last year, you could argue, made, uh, could have ran some shows in bigger venues, but he, I don't know, had cold feet, whatever, got a little chicken. Whereas, um, uh, you know, I would even say that Forbidden Door 2 could have been bigger than the Scotiabank Arena. Scotiabank Arena is like, what, 19,000 seats? Like, you know, capacity? That's not what we're going to get because of the stage and whatnot. But, you know, like, he could have run this in a bigger venue. Like, if, if his brain is screwed on straight, next year, Forbidden Door 3, he's doing it in a stadium in the U.S. somewhere. Or he's taking it to Japan, whatever. But I'd do it in the U.S. again. But you have to, you have to run a stadium. Or you run, you know, fucking the fucking Tokyo Dome or something like that. I don't know. So no, to answer the question. If, 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 and that tiny slice of pie, <laughs> that wee slice of pie, if CM Punk... Um, if if uh, if the um, if the hung bucks and CMFTR does happen, it, don't put that on at Wembley. That's wasted. The tickets are sold. Put on a big match, but not that one. That one is a draw somewhere else. Where were we? Oh yeah. So, so yeah, so, so I have that little slice of pie that, you know, where I'm wondering where it's like, you know, and in the meantime, while I'm thinking about all of this and, you know, maybe things have smoothed over and whatnot, Spiteful Select is reporting that the Young Bucks are not going to be a dynamite this week, that they recorded some pre-tapes last time and uh, they're not going to make it. Because there's a rumor going around since it's at the Wintrust Arena, which is in the Chicago area, that CM Punk is going to be there. And knowing that, well, it's like, okay, well, this is, this is where we're not sure. This is what we don't know. How conspiratory do you want to get? Are you just, are you on the side of Occam's razor? And that the simplest, which is, you know, the Occam's razor, the precept that says the simplest answer is probably the, 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 the real one, right? Is, is, the, is Occam's razor, well, the Bucks were not scheduled to be there. They did their pre-tapes. And since he, they're not supposed to be there, they had CM, they, they're planning to have CM Punk come in. That's actually the simplest thing. Or do you want to get really conspiratory and start going like, oh, well, the Bucks heard that they wanted CM Punk over. So the Bucks were like, fuck this shit. We're going to pre-tape some things and we're not going to show up to work. Whoop, whoop. EVPs for life. And then they hit the brakes and then CM. 
I mean, that's the conspiratory part of it. I don't know. I, I don't know where to land on this one, if only that this demonstrates that maybe either maybe things are not smoothed over or we're continuing to let this stuff happen. Because remember one thing. Why is this shit continuously being leaked? Why is this getting to the uh, to the ears of media? Why is this ending up as reports on wrestling media, dirt sheets, whatever you want to call them? Why? There's a reason for this. And I don't have the reason for you right now. It it could be it could be because they want to emphasize the fact that things are still very full of friction to swerve us or someone is just being bad faith and wants to continuously bury the elite, the young bucks in this circ- in this circumstance. I don't know. I I can't tell you. I, I honestly do not know. And then earlier today, that wasn't enough. Dave Meltzer reported that Kenny Omega will not be at Dynamite nor at Collision this week. Here's the report off of the uh, Figure Four Online. This Wednesday's show will emanate from Chicago, Illinois at the Wintrust Arena, while Saturday's show will be held in Toronto, Canada at the Scotiabank Centre, the same venue for Sunday's Forbidden Door pay-per-view. Kenny Omega will not appear on live either this either on this Wednesday's AEW Dynamite or this Saturday's AEW Collision, according to Dave Meltzer. So we'll see. I have no reason to to doubt this, really. Let's have this talk next week. And I know, like, there's a lot of folks right now that are losing their shit. But what about the build, Warren? What about the build to the sh- to the pay per view? It's it's fine. Relax. The the show is sold out, and this the pay per view is going to do fantastic business because it's built off the backs of two matches. It's built off the ma- the backs of two matches that already have captivated the imagination. And I don't need build. I don't need Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay standing nose to nose, you know, or whatever the fuck they want to do. You know, it could have been nice, but I don't need it. And sometimes, you know, you try to do these things for builds. Oh, we got to do something this week. We have to do something this week. And you do it and it sort of like falls flat. And you're like, oh, well, this wasn't necessary. And I don't think this is necessary. Who cares? There's no build required here. Well, how are you going to sell tickets? Because, you know, I'm sure there's people out there saying, oh, this isn't going to do more than 100,000 buys. You know, And these people are morons. This is built off the back of two show, uh, two matches. It's a, everything else we get is gravy. It's, it's delicious, sumptuous, uh, lumpless gravy. But that's it. It's like Meltzer reports that Kenny Omega's not going to be there. And people immediately lose Oh, shit. They're uh, tossing the bill to hell. It's fine. It's fine. When the, when the Scotiabank Center sold out, or not sold out, but on the fir- first few days of sales, when the, when the pre-sales were sold out. There you go. That's what I was trying to say. 
There wasn't even a match announced. There was there wasn't even a match that had been announced. There wasn't a, a single match announced. Guys, gals, non-binary pal. Not a single match. So who who cares about the build? Who cares about Kenny Omega not being there in the next two matches? But what about the Toronto crown? His Canadian audience. We're going to see it on Sunday and in the big match on top of that. Have Will Ospreay come out this Wednesday if you want to build so bad and let him talk shit. That's fine. I don't need any of this. Sometimes the build is the cool match. Sometimes the cool match is enough. And in this case, it is more than enough. Hey, nice to see you, Evan. Member of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show uh, channel. Yeah, this is where we're at right now. But we'll talk about Forbidden Door in a second here. Um, you know, there's a couple of extra, you know, maybe an ancillary topic here in regards to collision. Because, you know, the, the the announcer booth was shaken up a little bit. And, you know, I I personally uh, saw this as a big plus for, for collision. It really is a big plus. And I'm very excited. And... Uh, um, I was very excited at the idea that Kevin Kelly was going to be uh, doing play-by-play -play for Collision. That warmed my heart. And he was going to be joined by his, uh, his old pal, Nigel McGuinness, getting back together, one, uh, one, two, buckle my shoe. And then they'd have Jim Ross there as an analyst. I'm like, well, yeah, I guess. At least JR wasn't going to be expected to do the play-by-play, -play, but this was a lot of fun to, and, and it really did give a different color. Like I said on the, uh, on the collision uh, review, it really did give a different feel, a different color to collision because had we got any other uh, mashup of the, uh, of the current dynamite uh, uh, table, right? Between, you know, Excalibur and Taz and Shivani. If we had gotten any other kind of mixture, yeah, you get Nigel, but Excalibur is still doing the call. It it wouldn't have feel, felt fresh enough. This feels completely different from Dynamite, and that's a good thing. It's a it's absolutely a good thing. Um, and I, made me appreciate the show. Made me appreciate for uh, it, it. It set an entirely different tone. And it helps set the, the tone for the entire show as well, which isn't a breakneck speed that we're used to with Excalibur, right? So, you know, I think I, I think that's fantastic. Of course, the unfortunate thing is that we heard that Jim Ross, well, he had put this out on Twitter, and he had fell. He had a fucking shiner. He had a hell of a shiner, a black eye. And then he fell, but he was gonna make this, he was gonna make the town anyway. Ended up going there, only did the main event, and he sounded terrible. And he apologized after, stating that, uh, you know, he was hurt pretty bad. He was going to step away and give himself some time to heal. Um, you know, hopefully, 
it's nothing too serious and that he will be able to get back on his feet very, very soon. So, you know, uh, uh, we hope him, uh, we hope a quick, I wish a quick recovery to, uh, to Jim Ross. Then, of course, well, with Kevin Kelly in the booth, then you're like, well, what about New Japan, right? Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton considered by many a pundit to be the best uh, two-man table in, uh, in pro wrestling commentary. Well, there has been some speculation as to what this new AEW role means for Kelly's status with New Japan as he has been the English commentator on them for World for the past few years. While speaking on Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer provided an update. Said that, Kevin, good, good hire. You want to... We have, we have a quote here from Dave. Are you ready? Are you ready? Because this is Dave. Are we ready for... Are we ready for some... Uh, let's, oh, let's just go ahead. Quote. He's got, he's going to Japan from mid-July to mid-August. So he won't be around then. And then he's going to get, he's doing at least one more Japan show. But I think it's like a one shot. So I don't know if that's going to mean missing a show. But AEW and New Japan, you know, they have good relations. So Tony's not going to like do something where, you know, it's like he can't go anymore. But as far as long term... I don't know what the situation is, but Kevin Kelly, Kevin Kelly, Kevin Kelly is deaf is, is, is committed from what I understand to New Japan, at least through the end of the year. And he's going to be calling the tag team tournament, but from home, which means he, that he can probably, which means that he can probably, excuse me, which means that he probably can go to all the AEW shows. So I think there's probably just the G1 stuff that where he'd be missing and maybe, maybe one other show, maybe even not one other show, depending on if that show was a weekend show, which it probably is. So it is probably one other show in whatever the big fall show would be, whatever it is, September, October, they're going to do like a big one, you know, whether it's Autumn Attack or whatever the show is going to be. That he's committed to going there for that. Uh, yeah, I, th I think Dave and I are sharing the same... We're sharing the same storyline in regards to the, the onset of strokes. Yeah, I, sh I, I, should, I should start a jingle where it's like, let's read Dave verbatim and have a little... Have a, maybe having some jaunty music in the background. Anyway. Uh... So, uh, so basically what, what Dave seems to be saying here is that uh, he's committed to New Japan till the end of the year. He will likely miss some collisions because he's committed to doing the G1. And the G1, well, you know, <laughs> the G1 is a month of wrestling. So yes, there's going to be weekends. Uh, and he seems to be, he being Dave, seems to be not quite sure as to whether Kevin Kelly will do one other big show, um, Autumn Attack. He seems to be saying... The, the fall show, the big fall show, but we'll see. But we're going to be losing Kevin from uh, like from July to August. Starting July 15 to uh, August, what, 17, something like that. I don't remember the exact date of the end of the, uh, the G1. So, uh, so yeah, so there you go. 
it'll be weird. I'm not going to lie. It's going to be really freaking weird to have New Japan English commentary and not hear the voice of Kevin Kelly anymore. It's going to, that's going to, it's going to require, um, it's going to require a, a, a grace period because whoever is going to come in to, 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 to take his place is going to have some hefty shoes to fill. Let me tell you. But first we're going to talk about the NLW, WWE lawsuit. Because that's been, that's been, it's back, baby. MLW's lawsuit versus WWE is back in the news. And it's been a while. And I mean, things have been happening. And and oftentimes I've got my notes all set up and I don't have time to talk about it because, you know, probably because CM Punk is doing nonsense. And that's, you know, and we have to talk about that. But it's been a while. Let's talk about it. Let, in fact... Let's recall the timeline a little bit, shall we? Let's go. Let's let's refresh our memories to get all up to speed here. Because I don't know how many thoughts I have other than just like keeping everyone informed of what the hell is going on here. Let us recall. In January 2022, Major League Wrestling filed an antitrust lawsuit against World Wrestling Entertainment. MLW said that in their antitrust lawsuit... Uh, that said that their antitrust lawsuit is based on WWE's attempt to undermine competition and monopolize professional wrestling by interfering in MLW's contracts and business prospects. Now, you'll recall in this lawsuit, in the in the original lawsuit, uh, they were blaming WWE for interfering in their 2B deal, right? Saying Stephanie McMahon, you know, was involved in it on some level, uh, yeah, that she had run interference uh they blamed vince for ruining the their relationship with vice right you'll recall that uh, mlw had shows on vice and you know apparently this is vince's fault and also alleges wwe is to blame for keeping mlw off of fight fight tv which i i don't even know where to start with that one and i remember most of us sort of sitting around and laughing this off WWE responded to these claims saying that MLW was trying to shift blame for their failures. And this was the, the quote that they used. MLW has given up competing in the ring and chosen instead to compete in the courtroom. This was something that WWE's attorneys actually put pen to paper on. Uh, and in this response, WWE even cited AEW success as proof that they're not in control, that they're not trying to monopolize the business, that they're, you know, that there is free enterprise in pro wrestling, that uh, that WWE does not run a quasi-monopoly, and that MLW doesn't have a leg to stand on because of it. Now, this lawsuit was dismissed only this year, like practically a full year later in February, not practically, a full year later, uh, and plus, it was dismissed in early February 2023, it was dismissed uh, and the court had noted this, not Court Bauer of MLW, the court, they had, uh, they, <laughs> the court, this is, what, this is what they wrote, the court finds that uh, MLW had not, has not included sufficient facts 
to plausibly allege a relevant antitrust product market. Regarding the proposed market, the complaint alleges only that there are four competitors in the quote-unquote United States professional wrestling market, that the quote business of promoting professional wrestling as sports entertainment is fundamentally a media industry with revenues and business valuations driven largely by fees obtained from broadcasting rights deals, unquote. And that corporations such as NBC Universal and Fox Sports, quote, purchase broadcasting rights in the proposed market for their various distribution channels such as broadcast networks, cable and satellite services, streaming networks, and film production companies. These facts as pled, that was the end of the quote. These facts as pled are not sufficient to provide an understanding of the characteristics of the relevant market, including the existence or lack of substitutes. Do you want me to translate this real quick? Just into like bare bones stuff. Basically, what the what the court said when they uh, when when the the when it was first dismissed in, in February this year, they said, "Look, <clears throat> you're telling us how the media business works, but you're not bringing us any indication that this is particularly egregious to the wrestling business because this is kind of like a thing, and what you're bringing up here is not proof. It's not evidence. It's just like." You're just saying how the how the business works and we just you know we're just going to sit here and shrug our shoulders and go look we don't we don't understand how this is a problem. So MLW had 21 days to provide an amended complaint which they did in March. We're st- this year, right? And this was around the same time and I don't know if you recall this. This is around the same time that Reels who has picked up MLW, right? had uh, had struck a deal with Peacock to have Reels content uh, uh, distributed on Peacock, specifically that, uh, what is it, Live PD? You know, the live cop show, the live, uh, you know, cops but live, right? So they struck a deal with Peacock to stream their, their content, but Peacock has an exclusivity clause in regards to, to pro wrestling with WWE. So whatever they have signed with WWE, WWE put a little caveat in there to say that Peacock cannot carry any professional wrestling sports entertainment uh, content on the network as long as they're on there as well. So MLW brought in new details in their in their amended complaint. Like, for instance, Triple H uh, allegedly trying to get MSG to cancel the New Japan Pro Wrestling Ring, Ring of Honor G1 Supercard in 2018. I don't know if you recall that. Or WWE interfering in MLW's uh, contracted employees' contracts, like Swerve Strickland and Davey Boy Smith Jr. were brought up in the uh, in the uh, in the amended complaint. And also claiming that sure, AEW is great and all, but they're not profitable. All right. In March, WWE in March, WWE responded to the lawsuit, saying MLW is just shifting blame for their failures. Again, you know, it's basically, you know, um, WWE challenged all of that, hand waving everything off, and filed a motion to dismiss it. Well, last Thursday, so last week, as we're recording this, 
U.S. District Judge Edward J. Davila in San Jose, California, ruled that the motion filed by WWE to dismiss the case was denied because MLW had presented enough circumstantial evidence that WWE has dominance and uses it to keep competitors from debtors and arenas. Now, that is what they call a twist. <laughs> and then they released a statement. MLW released a statement uh, yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Kazowitz Benson Torres, the law firm representing MLW, on behalf of professional wrestling promotion MLW Media, has defeated a motion to dismiss MLW's amended complaint asserting federal antitrust and state law unfair competition claims against World Wrestling Entertainment for monopolizing and attempting to monopolize the market for the sale or licensing of media rights to professional wrestling events in the United States. MLW's claims will now proceed to discovery. So folks, we got a lawsuit on our hands. You thought this was, I mean, I'm going to be completely transparent, especially I, the amended complaint was so full of, of, you know, speculation and stories that we've heard so many times that even I was like, this doesn't make any sense. This is not going to go forward. This is all just brouhaha. But yet here we are. Judge in California says, yeah, sure. I got enough to go on. Let's move forward here. We're not dismissing shit. Let's go. Now, discovery, right, means everyone gets their hands on the evidence. Legal teams ask questions to the other. We get the responses. We can get admissions. We can get depositions. And the fun thing about all of this is that it's all public record. So this is really interesting because if this does indeed go to discovery we can sort of peek into some business dealings and some 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 situations and stories that maybe we didn't know about that we're not quite privy to or maybe that we'll have to dig a little deeper in like i would like to hear a little more about you know triple h and the uh calling MSG to say, hey, you know what? This G1 supercard you're running, I want you to shut this down. Because that's been a story, but not a report, not a, a story, a tale, of a, 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 a legend of sorts. Now, if this all goes public record, that's this is where it gets interesting. This is where it becomes juicy. However, it is still very likely, very likely that it never goes to discovery and WWE uh, and WWE uh, 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 settles out of court with court <laughs> for an undisclosed amount. And quite honestly, I think that is the that's the expectation that we have to. Um, that's the expectation that we have to create for ourselves here, because Court Bauer MLW, I do not believe would be in the business here. Of wanting to lay the smackdown, if you will, legally on WWE and really force them to bring changes to their 
oh so unfair practices i think this is where uh, this is where court wanted to be i think this is this is exactly where he wanted wwe to end up in a position where they had to hand over the cash or force going public and then getting some you know some some tortuous legal uh, 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 settlements that they'll have to abide to and on a public forum for you. This is a WWE's modus operandi. This is, that's what they've been doing for years and years and years and years. There's no reason why they suddenly stop. They settle everything out of court. If there's one thing that WWE cares about, like legitimately cares about, it is its public persona. And that's been a thing for decades. You know, if you think that Vince McMahon didn't care about what uh, about the uh, uh, about the public uh, the public relations aspect of WWE, he would not have taken out full blown full page ads in the New York Times saying that billionaire Ted wanted to destroy his little mom and pop outfit. Okay, he knows how he knows how to work this, and this is important to him, and it's important for WWE. This has been ingrained into the culture right the ndas are a symptom of that you know martha hart settling out of court is a symptom of that everything has always been tossed under the rug i don't see why unless wwe is like no we're gonna play ball because we've got nothing to hide and if maybe because the ultimate outcome the, i i think i really do believe the worst possible outcome for mlw in this situation is for WWE to go, you know, full force on them. And like, you know, tear the shirt off, let the pecs bulge, you know, flex and come straight at them. Because again, if I, I, you know, I checked over, skimmed over the, the you know, the, the amended complaint and good on the judge if he saw something, if he's like, uh, but as someone who kind of follows the business, I, there's stuff here that I hope court has some, significant proof over probably you know as we're talking and as i'm thinking about it probably the the the, the most damning thing he'd have is contract tampering that would probably be the most significant tool in his arsenal because otherwise you know he's going to get people to come and testify that triple h really did <laughs> you know uh, that Triple H really did call Madison Square Garden to say, "Hey, we're not going to hold the, we're not going to hold the super. Please don't hold the super card." You know, like it doesn't quite, it doesn't quite make sense. You know. So I mean. I think this is the situation court wanted to be in and I think he's confident that I would assume he's confident that WWE is not going to pursue but the worst case scenario is that WWE will pursue because if WWE does pursue that means they feel that they're untouchable in this and there's a very fair chance that it could snuff out MLW for better for worse you know we all meme about you know, court and whatnot, and, you know, MLW in general, but the, you know, MLW in the current, 
North American wrestling's landscape is a, is a very important part of this ecosystem. Um, it, it, it fills a niche. Uh, 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 it has its place in, 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 uh, as a, you know, to a degree like a proving ground. Uh, for, uh, first of all, very basically, uh, on a very, very basic level, another place for people to work. Let's set aside everything you've heard about MLW and, you know, what they pay their wrestlers. And let's set all of that aside. We're just going to take this, uh, you know, on, 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 on face value here. The, um, the, um, it's another place to work. It serves as a, another, you know, a, a, a training ground, a place for, for guys and gals to just go in, work another style, work with other people, work some TV get some more experience under the belt and a little more high pressure situation than just working the indies. You know, working the indies will take you so far. If your goal is to be on television, well, you have to work places that work television, right? So, you know, it's, it's, not, it, it's not as good as an impact and it's not an, and it's not an NWA either. It has, its, it has its role. It has its spot in this ecosystem that we have. If MLW were to hit the bricks... You know, sure, you know, nature abhors a void and probably something would rise up to take its spot, but it would still be a loss nonetheless. So I guess the best that I can make out of the situation is to say, good for MLW for moving forward. I hope that they get what they want out of this, which is money from the the million from the billion dollar corporation world wrestling entertainment i hope they get a payout and whatever money they do get i hope court puts it to good use all these you know growth all this expansion we keep hearing about and it's like oh yeah big things coming for mlw so on and so forth and it always sort of falls falls flat you expect something and it never quite works out the way it was explained to you. <laughs> I just hope I just hope it goes his way. I, I really do hope it goes his way. But listen, this this is this has been bubbling for so long, and it's been such a it it, it it's sort of turning into a. You know, a story with also with a this is a big twist. There's been a couple of turns. Now there's a twist. Um, I'm excited to see what the next step is. I'd be more than happy for it to be a discovery and going actually to going actually to court with it. It'd be it'd be it'd be some fascinating watch. It'll probably be one of the more interesting stories of 2023 if, if that were ever to happen. We've waited long enough. It is time now for the Forbidden Door 2 preview show. Um, there's not much to preview. <laughs> there's not much to preview so far as far as matches go. Uh, but uh, we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about it. We're, 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 you know, we, we st there's still things to talk about. There, you know, we're not completely devoid of of, 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 of content, you know, it's, but you know, Hey, 
Listen, let's start with this. Forbidden Door, it's happening, of course, this weekend, June 25th, in the Scotiabank Arena in Toronto, Ontario. As of last, uh, as of uh, yesterday, 12,950 tickets distributed. This number courtesy of WrestleTix for a capacity right now set up of 12,972. This is a virtual sellout for their capacities. Um, I don't know what the uh, what the exact number of seats that are, have been released or not, but uh, I mean, this, this, this is a healthy pay-per-view gate. This is good stuff, especially in Canada, which I'm convinced that um, I'm convinced that uh, 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 Tony Khan was uh, very worried about. And I mean, he had reason to be worried about it. He had multiple reasons to be worried about it. Uh, most of the, you know, a lot of the Canadian Canadian shows were not selling well. We've talked about it here multiple times on the Mr. Warren Hayes show. And, uh, you know, I guess we're happy to see that uh, that you know things are not as dismal as they were. Uh, probably the launch of Collision, uh, you know, and and CM Punk showing up has helped this um, has helped this uh, the, this leg of the of the uh, of the journey for probably. Uh, for instance, the uh, the much maligned Hamilton Ontario Collision on uh, which is being taped. On June 29, um, that is uh, where we've we've passed over the 1,000 distributed tickets mark. We're at 1,492. All of these numbers have been updated as of yesterday, uh, June 19. I mean, it's still not great. The first Ontario Center, you know, it's maybe not the biggest hockey arena, but you know, still. It's set up for 3,083. We got f- half of that right now, less than half. I, you know, it's not it's not great. And uh, but you know, other uh, other towns are doing pretty good. Like the uh, look, the dynamite in uh, at the Rogers Place in Edmonton, Alberta, is uh, currently has 5,016 distributed. Uh, the Brand Center in Regina, which was another one that was suffering, 1,381 distributed on a 2,200 uh, capacity, almost 2,300 uh, capacity setup. Saskatoon, Sastel Center, 2,385 out of 3,673. And the Saddle Dome uh, on uh, July 15, during, uh, right in the midst of of the uh, of uh, the Calgary Stampede, three thousand five hundred and ninety-six out of an estimated four thousand four hundred and eighty-one capacity setup. So, like, none of this is blowing my mind. None of this is making me go, "Oh shit, what a ravaging success here." I mean, it's not great, um, but it's not as bad. I still think the the Calgary show is dismal for what it is because the saddle dome is a pretty big hockey arena we're talking this is a 19,000 seater you know i don't care how big your set is it should it's not costing it's not costing you 13,000 seats you know what i mean that's a little ridiculous um so uh uh, uh you know the the you know 
Edmonton and, and you know, the Dynamite is working well. The Dynamites are, you know, doing fine business. At least specifically the one in Edmonton. The one in Saskatoon, not as great. But tickets have been moving for the Collision Shows. Collision Show uh, uh, this Saturday, uh, the, the night before Forbidden Door, again, has been, the, the, you know, there's, uh, there's been some activity there. It's been moving. All these places have been moving. Is it because they finally decided to announce CM Punk? Is CM Punk driving these people? Is, you know, I, are the promotional tactics working? Because look, weren't they doing like a four for one uh, at, uh, at the Hamilton show? They were doing something to that effect, a four for one. I know that deal is over now. They were doing like some crazy deals to get everything all set up. Um, and um, I, it's, it's, you know, because this all comes down to the fact, to, to, to the question, like, is CM Punk a draw? Because this is the question, this is the one that everyone really wants to, to know and have definite answers on. Is CM Punk a draw? I think he contributed to getting, to moving these tickets. I would also say making collision clear as to what it's going to be and who's going to be on the show and what kind of show it's going to be. I think that probably helped out a bit as well because all of these movements all started to peak after this Saturday show. So is it a combination of CM Punk? Is it just proper promotional work happening by the promotion? I think it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, you know? I, 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 you know, the, you know, the collision show has to do well for AEW for multiple reasons. And, and you know, and you, they, they, they need to have proper gates. So they need Punk to be a big draw. If you, I don't think he's a big draw because these things would be selling out at this point. And I think, you know, this maybe goes to show that the honeymoon that we had with CM Punk last year in regards to Oh, we get to see CM Punk again. That's drifted. It's gone. It's it's not there anymore. He did his towns. He did his circuit. He was back. You know, when I say last year, I mean over the past two years. He's been going around. He, he's done his circuit. He's got nothing more maybe to ask. To offer, I should say. He, maybe he doesn't have anything more to offer. He's just got... Um, he's... The... the the novelty of CM Punk being back in wrestling has absolutely worn off. I don't think he's destination viewing anymore. I think the show is going to have to be carried a little more than with him. Unless whatever they're going to try and do with him in regards to his, um, in regards to his, his heel turn, his creative. Maybe, that, maybe it'll get people really excited. And then they'll 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 dive into the they'll dive into the tickets, but the fact that I am one hundred, you cannot deny that he didn't move the tickets, that he didn't have a hand in it, that he wasn't involved in it. But I think the uh, I think the novelty is worn off. I think we're 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 good 
with CM Punk now. And, you know, I've talked about him being diminishing returns. I want a couple of more months of this. I want to see how this goes. Because the other thing, the other thing that's really fucking annoying about CM Punk is that he's, he's, he's the kind of guy, and I say fucking annoying just because sometimes he, he bothers me so much. I just want to I just want to be I just want to be able to say sit here and shit all over him but I can't. Not not in good faith, not in good conscience, not in giving you, you know, proper analysis. The thing that's annoying about CM Punk is that he can talk you into a building. He's one of those guys. He can pick up a microphone and talk you into a building without even have to lift a finger, without even have to do a body press or a side headlock takeover or a fucking uh, Irish whip. Doesn't have to do a thing. He just has to get on the mic and talk. Just like he did on Friday. Uh, Saturday, excuse me. Just like he did on Saturday on Collision. I was like, Jesus Christ, this guy is amazing. It's fantastic. Excellent promo. So if he starts to turn this up, if the heat starts to boil... If we turn up the heat to get the pot boiling, um, maybe then suddenly we'll see the grand, the, you know, the, the 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 grand tale of CM Punk come full circle, and him being absolutely this outstanding draw. We'll see how it goes for the U.S. dates. You know, because we keep talking about Canada, but you know we're doing the we're doing the the TD Garden right on uh, July fifteenth. That's a dynamite. Well, that's you know he he himself doesn't have much influence, but just as a point of comparison, four thousand fifty five um, tickets distributed for that one. Then that Saturday's Collision in Newark in the Prudential Center, another big arena, four thousand five hundred tickets distributed. Okay, maybe there is something to this Phil Brooks guy still. Let's continue, you know, we'll punctuate, we'll do, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll create these little milestones as we go along, but we're going to have this conversation again as we keep moving forward. We're going to keep talking about this again. Because now we're going to talk about Forbidden Door. This all started off the fact that I was telling you Forbidden Door is doing excellent business. The collision the night before. I'm also going to be there. So I'm excited to see that. I'm just excited, period. I would say that this, this pay-per-view is easily going to do. I'm going to go 150 pay-per-view buys. 150,000. 150, k That's my prediction. It's going to do 150,000 buys. AEW pay-per-views for the past have been steady, been doing good business. They've been around the 140, 145,000 range. I think, oh my good. I think I might talk myself into a higher number here. Last year's did 140,000 when it was all said and done. A pay-per-view that was on top of it all a mess because everyone was getting injured right and left. Main events were being rewritten to to the day before. Uh, it was just chaos, confusion, 
the build was all over the place. This infamous build. And yet, sold out the United Center. And you got... Uh, you got a uh, 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 forbidden door being set up here uh, for on pay-per-view and it did 140,000. Let me make sure. It's either 140,000. I have a little doubt. Um, let me check out our good friends over at WrestleNomics. There you go. The weekly plug for WrestleNomics. How you doing, Brandon? Forbidden Door last year, 140,000. They might even be estimating it a little higher. You know what? I, what did I say? 150,000? I'm going to go 155,000. And I'm tempted to go 160,000, but I'm not a betting man. Because this year's build has been better. I think the matches that have been announced are bigger. Uh, and I think that everyone's been protected to make sure that they make the town. <laughs> and uh, and, and the, the, the hype off of last year's pay-per-view, which was one of the pay-per-views of the year, one of the best pay-per-views, one of the best pay-per-views of all time that you could make an argument for, I think that hype is going to carry into this year's edition as well because I think Tony Khan has something to prove here. He said, look, we did our fucking best last year with, with bodies falling right and left. I think this is going to do tremendous business. Tremendous business for, for uh, AEW. You know what? I think my low end is going to be 155 and my high end is going to be 160. I think this is going to do tremendous pay-per-view pay-per-view business for AEW. Tremendous. And then I don't know how they're going to be able to 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 get a hold of it in in Japan, but I know tomorrow night's Dynamite is being broadcast on New Japan World, right? So they're trying to drum up interest there as well. Like it, it won't be significant, I wouldn't think. Hundred and sixty. That's my high. That's where I'm going for. It's going to do great business. It's going to do great business because there's a lot of people in the U.S. who will not be able to travel to Canada. And who will want to be want to see the show? I know some people who are coming into Canada to see the show, but there's a lot of people who I also know are like, "Damn it, going to Canada is a bit of a hassle for me for X, Y, Z reasons." Would have been easier if it had been Chicago. It had been whatever. We we listen. We in Canada can have nice things too. This show's going to be main evented by Kenny Omega and Will Osprey. In a singles match for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. Well, at least that's what we're all expecting, right? That's, they haven't announced it because you can go two ways with this. They haven't announced it as the main event. They haven't announced which is going to be the main event. But you can really go two ways about it. Look, if this is not the main event, then you do the absolute boldest fucking thing 
and you put this match on first. It's either or. It, you know, if, I, if I've got my book and I'm writing stuff down, you know, and I'm with Gato and I'm putting this together, it's, it's, either, it's either the top, tippy top, or you show some balls, exactly. You show some balls and you have this go on first. Because then you have this match out of the way and then you're telling your viewing audience, oh, you wanted to see this match? <laughs> Wait, you just hang on here. We've got so much great stuff to show you, right? Again, as a certain man would say, tell me when I'm telling lies. But uh, listen, um, we all know how this came together at this point off of their extraordinary, extraordinary, uh, mind-bogglingly awesome match at Wrestle Kingdom this year. And, you know, if you're not quite familiar with New Japan, you don't have the opportunity to watch them, I, you stop what you do, what you're doing, no, not right now. Watch the rest of my stream, please. Thank you. You stop what you're doing. Let's say tomorrow you're doing laundry. You're in, you're you're in your home and you got a big tub of laundry and you're going through the shit and you're doing this and you're putting it in. You're adding the the, the fabric softener. Don't put too much fabric softener because it's not good for your for the pipes. It clogs. You add some water in it. You dilute it. That's what you need to do. Then you put it in. And then, but then, and you're just about to press start on, on, you know, but then you stop. Cause you're like, shit, Warren told me I have to stop what I'm doing to watch Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay from Wrestle Kingdom 2023 this year. And just, uh, and you pull it up. Subscribe to New Japan World for, 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 for a month. Who cares? There's other ways to find it, but. It is one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. Just an absolute tremendous pro wrestling match. A love letter to everything great about pro wrestling. A, 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 a canon event, if you will, uh, in the careers of both of these men. Wrapping up who they were and moving on to who they are going to be. Just outstanding stuff. So based off of that, and the story that they're telling with Will Ospreay in New Japan is that he can't win the big one. He can't win the big one with the big boys. He can't be he can't beat his 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 year last year was him challenging Kazuchika Okada for the title and not being able to do it. Despite the fact that he was coming in as pure as a babyface as he as he had been in a while. He had his boys around him, but no one was interfering. And he even said in, a, in the warm-up to it, in the build-up to the match, he said, you know, I beat Kazuchika Okada once, but you know what? I beat him and I had people interfere. I want to do, I, I want to do it the right way. I'm going to beat him because I know I can. Straight lace, down the middle. And he couldn't do it. Then he gets to Forbidden Door against Kenny Omega, uh, who is, for all intents and purposes... Kazuchika Okada is equal. If you're into the lore of New Japan, the lore of, rest, uh, of, of New Japan, of pro wrestling, 
Okada and uh, Okada was on another level and he raised Kenny Omega to his level. So they're equals. Can't get the job done. Will Ospreay wants to be in that pantheon. He wants to be among these guys. And he hasn't done it yet. Wasn't able to do it at Wrestle Kingdom. And now we're getting the rematch here. And he's coming in as the heel. Because he, you cannot not heal Kenny Omega in Canada. That, that doesn't make sense. And besides, he's doing the babyface stuff now on Dynamite. So very easy for Will to come in and, 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 and be a shit heel for the rest of us here. Despite the fact that we're united by the Commonwealth. I couldn't give a shit. <laughs> so, Will has to prove has something to prove. That's ultimately the thing. He still has something to prove. Kenny Omega is probably ready to move on. He's probably been ready to move on for a while now. It's a hard it's a hard match to call. And I cannot but imagine that this is this is just the second match in a rubber match that we're and we're going to get the rubber match. And if you're going to get the rubber match presumably at Wrestle Kingdom and of course we're just sitting around here speculating, right? If we're getting the rubber match at 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 Wrestle Kingdom Osprey has to win here, right? He has to take the title off of Kenny, right? Doesn't isn't that the the is that what you do? And I know, yeah. Look, I've seen tons of things. Oh well, Takeshita could run in and cost him, but you know, AEW doesn't really have that big of a history of all these. You know, look, they, hang on, let me rephrase that they don't usually do that and I know double or nothing was littered with interference and, and you know most in most finishes and was really annoying but they really don't do it all that often especially in top matches and you know who really doesn't do that kind of shit in top matches New Japan and this is a you know a cross-promoted show for a belt which falls under the jurisdiction of New Japan the IWGP United States title so I would assume that we're going to see a lot of booking patterns based out of the Japan way of doing things as opposed to the North American way of doing things. That would be my guess. The thing that would make sense would be Kenny Omega winning the match at in Canada and delivering another stroke, another defeat to Will Ospreay, who could still dust himself off and say, Omega, one last time. Look, it's not unlike what Kenny had to go through with Okada, right? You know, fourth time's the charm, (laughs) right? So there's, there might be that. There might be, there might be that situation here where, I could see that happening. And maybe Gato wants that for himself for his Wrestle Kingdom. He wants the final match for himself. 
So, you know, because it's all politics, really. You scratch my back, I scratch yours. Sure, okay, you can, can Tony, you can have this match, but I get the I get the rubber match in in in, um, in my neck of the woods, and that's fine. You know what? People will fly out to that. a hard one but I'm excited this is going to be fun it's going to be fun as hell a place is going to come unglued and here's another interesting little tidbit for your you know your little nerd notebooks here um if this is indeed the main event it is going to be the first time that an IWGP world heavyweight title will have been defended under the card beneath the IWGP United States Championship. I'll be very interesting. If this happens, of course. So, listen, I if you want me to pick, if you want me to pick, I'm going to pick Kenny Omega. I think it's the one that makes the most sense. Just in the vacuum, in the context. And I think it makes for... And, and for those people who say, oh, well, Osprey... Osprey will be washed after this, you know, Omega will have won the feud. I disagree. I disagree. Otherwise, there's a fraction of what happened between Okada and Osprey, uh, Okada and Omega that didn't matter then. No, I disagree. I completely disagree. Then we have Brian Danielson versus Kizuchika Okada. Did y'all see that? You know, maybe this will have happened by the time you uh, listen to this, right? Because we're recording on the Tuesday. But uh, you heard Brian Danielson is going to be calling out Kazuchika Okada on Dynamite this week. And there's my ticket sold. Like, can I go to Chicago? <laughs> um, this is like this is a match that people have been wanting to see for years. Like, this is a literal dream match. Um, and I don't have many thoughts on it. They're very personal, the thoughts that I have on it. And I, and you know, I'm, you know, I'm trying to, trying to get in, trying to sneak in some, some, you know, cutting analysis of what's going to happen here and what, what brought us to this point. But, you know, you have arguably right these two guys two of the greatest to ever do it right two goats Danielson and Okada uh, and we're going to see them wrestle each other at their peak it's crazy to say Brian Danielson in his 40s to say that he's at his peak but you know his his run earlier this year I think demonstrates that he hasn't slowed down he's Still, he still has it. He's still got it. That Danielson magic, this thing that makes him legitimately one of the greatest to ever do it. Against Kazushiko Okada, a guy who took the ball of New Japan and carried it on his back and has been one of their greatest champions, one of their most charismatic, one of the most brilliant workers that pro wrestling has ever seen. And we're going to get to see them while they still can go. 
this is not a thing where it's like they're you know they're both 55 and they're you know running a benefit show and they're gonna wrestle seven minutes and and you're like man and then all it makes you wonder is how it could have used to what what it could have been we're gonna get it and I'm a little choked up about it because that's what you know I'm such a fucking weenie because sometimes wrestling makes me feel a whole bunch of things and I'm feeling as a wrestling fan and whether regardless of the fact that I'm going to be there or not as a wrestling fan to see this uh, perennial match to see these two guys fight each other to have the opportunity to see something absolutely timeless something that even defies any logic that we had just a few years ago imagine if imagine if we still had Daniel Bryan this this would not be happening the landscape of pro wrestling in 2023 is allowing us to do this and i i've told you guys gals and non-binary pals so many times the landscape of wrestling in 2023 is good for fans it is beneficial for fans that's what i that's what i've said since wwe started getting a competitor and then the relationship with new japan and AEW started to solidify and then other people started exchanging talent and we get people from from noah and tjpw coming over and we got uh uh you know impact getting in on the action as well we've got all sorts of talent exchanges we've got ring of honor acting like it's ring of honor again and as fans of pro wrestling we are reaping the benefits we are seeing things that six years ago were inconceivable that we just brush off and go it's just never going to happen and we're going to see this then this is one of these things two of the absolute fucking greatest who have never fought each other at the peak of their careers still healthy still able to go still able to put on a compelling story in the ring we're 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 so blessed right now we're absolutely blessed i don't care who wins or loses i am so excited for this how many times will you be able to watch a wrestling match that is truly and sincerely a match that a, a match that will have a timeless aura to it that you will be seeing two of the legitimate all-time greats and you'll be able to see it live you'll be able to watch it on tv you'll be able to cheer for it in the audience that's not going to happen it's not it doesn't happen very often in a lifetime it really doesn't that's my expert analysis on that one Sonata versus Jungle Boy is also going to happen. Singles match for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Jungle Boy, Jack Perry taking up the uh, the old open challenge that Sonata put here. Um, look, I am looking forward to this match. 
and because despite everything, I am very much a guy who is not quite on board with the Sonata project. I still kind of go, eh, all right. I, I'm not, I don't think it's, I don't think as the kids like to say, I don't think he's him. Just like I don't think Jungle Boy is him yet. You know, the difference is that Jungle Boy doesn't have the world title around his waist. Um, Sonata is a fine worker. Jungle Boy is a very good worker. Jungle Boy, in fact, his pay-per-view matches outshine everything. I don't have a problem with this match. Au contraire, I kind of dig it. I kind of like this vibe of these two guys having both of, on their own, in their own territory, having this reputation, this, this scuttlebutt amongst the fans. It was like, why is it this? Why this guy? Why this guy? He's not that great. He's not the guy. You know, they, they, they kind of mirror each other in that way. You know, if you were to tell, if you were to ask me, which of these two do I like to watch wrestle more? I like Jack Perry more than Sonata. I think Sonata, Sonata's still kind of a bore. Sonata hasn't, sure he doesn't, he has a brand new finisher, a lot more explosive, but his offense is still very much Sonata and that I, I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. Um, nonetheless, I think we're going to have a, a neat little match. If it works too much Sonata style, uh, well, we might miss out on something. But the advantage of this not main eventing means that it's going to be a shorter match. We're not going to go 25, 30, 35, 40 here, which is a complete detriment to Sonata. Because you will notice that ever since he has won the title, his matches... His, de his, uh, his defenses are shorter than your typical New Japan affair for the main, for the main event, for the world title. Shorter, right? Wasn't it like just under 20 minutes for Tsuji? Uh, 22, 23 minutes for Hiromu, if I'm not mistaken. And that's advantage Sonata. That's good for Sonata if that happens. So, um, you know... You can you can poo poo on all of this all you want, but we're probably going to end up having a a pretty fun match, something something to that has some meat around it, and I think Jack Perry will probably end up wowing a lot of people again. And I, I'm you know I'm pretty sure Sonata is very cognizant of the fact that he's he's not the guy in North America, you know. The draws are still Tanahashi. They're still Okada. It's still Naito. These are, Ishii is a guy we want to see before Sonata, right? Whereas in Japan, you can argue you're, they're not in the same lane. I'm excited for this. I'm excited to see how this is going to turn out. Despite the fact that I recognize, you know, the, uh, I recognize the issues inherent to this fight here. I think Sonata retains, and I also think Jungle Boy turns on Hook that very night. I think it happens there. Because I, 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 we're all in agreement that Jack Perry's turning heel, right? Especially with that promo that he cut last, last, um, last Dynamite. You're my best friend. Was, uh, MJF is going to be defending the uh, 
AEW World Championship against Hiroshi Tanahashi. Now, let's get this out of the way straight off the bat. MJF, on his promo on Dynamite last week, declining the booking, right, is absolutely a work, okay? He's going to show up. This is part of MJF's gimmick. This has always been the part of MJF's gimmick that he... He he does you know he hates the work rate nerds he hates the wrestling nerds who all love new Japan 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 so he doesn't want to give it the time of day he doesn't do it for the five stars even though you know he's the guy who he didn't even show up for Forbidden Door last year you'll recall my booking for Forbidden Door is like don't book MJ and I'm on record here saying this. Don't book MJF on the card. Have him show up at Forbidden Door, talk shit about all the nerds in the audience, the nerd and, you know, the rinky-dink indie fed. Anyway, that's not what I said at the time, but, you know, the, the, the New Japan nerds backstage disrespect everyone. Then have Hiroshi Tanahashi come out. And he starts talking shit to Tanahashi until Tanahashi starts slapping him around. And then you set up a main, a main event on the following Dynamite which would have drawn anyway we're very close to that prediction you could not have a better setup okay so just let's backtrack a little bit here is what i wanted to get out of the way was this i don't think cm punk is going to come in with his red sack and open it up and 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 challenge tanahashi because mjf decided not to show up there's going to be an angle this week where MJF is going to be quote-unquote forced to be there and he's not going to like it and he's going to have boo-boo face but then he's going to show up against Tanahashi and he's going to fight. I think the CM Punk thing is a... I, I think it's a good connection. It's, it's, a, it's a good dot to connect. But ultimately, I think he's... Uh, I think he's... He's... he's not going to come in with the sack and pull out the... I don't think he's the guy who's going to be fighting Tanahashi. Even though, oh, that was probably what was on the cards last year. Doesn't matter. I think this year, you could not have a more representative match here for MJF than to have him fight the ace of the universe. Have him fight the, guy, the face of New Japan for years. There, John Cena, the guy. The guy who's going to come out to defend the honor of New Japan from this, you know, this trash person who calls it an in rinky-dink indie fed from Japan, saying Hiroshi Tanahashi is some rando. This is all an act, of course. MJF is a tape nerd. He knows what he's getting himself into. He's working the part. It's fantastic. There's no other way to go about this. This is probably one of the this is this is your story match here and it's going to rule and the hope spots from tanahashi are going to rule and then when mjf inevitably inevitably worms his way to a, vic a victory it's going to be so fucking soul crushing but that's what that's what it's going to be and it's going to be a hell of a ride all along the way It's going to be so good. And there's another notch under MJF's belt, 
where he's going to be able to go around, continue saying, I am the greatest professional wrestler in the world. Look at the people I've beat. He should start saying, stop me if I'm telling lies. And this is going to work. And don't worry about Phil. I keep telling y'all, I think the big feud that they have in their pocket is MJF versus CM Punk. And that's the thing. And that's why Phil is going to have, you know, he's still going to have that sack. He reminded us that he still has the belt. Like I said at the collision review, he still has the belt. The belt that no one ever beat him for. It was stripped of. And... It's not even the belt that MJF has. MJF has a custom belt. Phil has the real belt. So he's, at some point, he's going to pull that out and claim his territory. But it's not just yet. We're going to let this one breathe. He's going to have a feud with someone and MJF is going gonna, is gonna to have a couple of feuds as well. And we're going to lead this. This is going to be the big one. Because as I said as well, Phil absolutely owes MJF this match and he owes him this match to end with CM Punk flat on his back looking up at the lights. It's just as simple as that. So those are the matches that have been announced so far. Uh, we do have an inkling. Hey, 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 Nick Nutter, nice to see you and welcome. We do have an inkling that we're probably going to get Orange Cassidy versus Zack Sabre Jr. for at the very least the international title. And I could not be more excited. What a goddamn great match that's going to be. Are you kidding me? And the fantastic thing is that a guy like, uh, like uh, Zack is going to lean in so hard to the shenanigans into the Orange Cassidy sh uh, stuff. It's going to be ruled. And it's great because you have the workhorses from both companies going at each other. Two guys who, if you ask me, coming up with our mid-year list, who is your mid-year wrestler of the year, I, as, as far as I'm concerned, both guys make that list right now. This is going to rule. I'm excited for it. And then what else? What else could we get? There's a bunch of stuff out there that still hasn't been announced. And honestly, at this point, like I said, anything that they announce afterwards is just gravy at this point. It's just like, just slather it on. John Moxley versus Shingo is something that I would love to see. Absolutely. I, I don't know why we've been dodging this one. John Moxley versus Taichi would also fucking rule. Tell, again, tell me I'm wrong. Because the other one that I would love, that I think would be also awesome, is Hangman Adam Page and, Ta and, uh, uh, and Shingo. Shingo is the outlier here. Because Shingo will step into the ring with everyone 
well, with anyone, I should say, and he'll have a, a stellar match with anyone on that roster. So if we get Shingo and Mox or Shingo, Shingo and, and, and Adam Page, Shingo and Adam Page would be fantastic. I'd be a little worried for our old pal Hangman's concussion protocol. But that would, that would be fantastic. That'd be a match I'd go for. And you could insert this into the, you know, into the Owen, right? Because now we've got people, you know, we've got Powerhouse Hobbs in the Owen. We've got Ricky Starks in the Owen. As we're recording, this will probably be a little more over the next couple of days. And the Owen is supposed to start at Forbidden Door. Are you bring in a Hiromu Takahashi in there, right? Taichi, but Taichi and Powerhouse Hobbs would be surprising. Tomohiro Ishii with, and Powerhouse Hobbs would be remarkably good. We're going to have Minoru Suzuki hanging around as well. Suzuki's going to be at Dynamite this week. He's not flying back to Japan. He's going to stick around for a bit. All of this, like there's so, there's so much potential right here. And I was also thinking, you know, you know, you, you bring in your juniors, you got, you, you know, you got Hiromu Hiromu's on a tear this year. Absolute wrestler of the year candidate as well. Uh, Hiromu Takahashi, just high quality matches. And bring him in. And at first I was like, let's go with, uh, let's go with, with him and Orange Cassidy. At first I was like, let's do that because that rules. I think that would have been the better match because I think another, you know, another one that would be sneaky good would be Darby and Hiromu. But the thing is, is I think that I think that for Darby to work, he needs to be thrown around a little bit. And that's not necessarily Hiromu's MO all that much. Hiromu is kind of like Darby. He's kind of like, you know, throw my body's throw my body into the, uh, the the dark abyss and see where I land type of guy. Not as much as he used to be, but... Hiromu versus Darby would probably be entertaining as hell. But I would have still preferred, I think, Orange Cassidy versus Hiromu, but Zack Sabre Jr. and Orange Cassidy is just... That's a fucking... That's a delight. That's a delight. No, 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 listen, there's, there, it's going to be, it's going to be a good time. I don't know if Robbie Eagles is going to be around because he's, he's outstanding as well. You know, we got Commander hanging around, Vikingo. Jesus Christ. Too bad Bandito had to get hurt. Dummy. That dummy. Anyway, that happens. This Sunday, I am excited for it. We're going to have a full breakdown on next week's edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. We're going to... Oh, God, we're going to break that down so hard. Next week already, you know, that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be breaking down Forbidden Door 2, and we're going to be previewing Money in the Bank 2023. One of these things is not like the other. We're going to finish this off with the WWE grab bag. I call it the grab bag because, look, you know, there's... I found this week to be very... 
Um, I found this week to be a little uh, light when it came to um, when it came to uh, you know shit happening in pro wrestling. It's been very very light. And, you know, I don't find that there's really any compelling news. There's arguments. You know, there's Dutch Mantel saying bullshit. And then there's, you know, um, Paul Heyman cutting interviews and people getting all worked up about it. All, whereas he's whereas he's working, you know, and then see and then uh, Gable Stevenson shows up on NXT like this. You know, it's all like, OK, you know, it's, but it's not like it's not like juicy, great news. So but there's you know, there's stuff happening in the world of WWE, right? In the WWE universe. The bloodline split up. Until they reform again. You want to know my prediction? I think Jimmy turns on Jay. Because this is all this story has been about. It's been about who trusts who and, oh, now Roman is in disagreement with this. I promise you, once we, I, I am going to break, I am going to wash, wash over everything. I'm going to rewatch everything. Every single beat of this bloodline thing from the moment that Roman Reigns and Jey Uso, before they were called the bloodline, from the moment that Roman Reigns and Jey Uso started like their, their you know their 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 power dynamic, up until we are now, um, I I'm I'm going to rewatch that all, and I'm going to compile this in I don't know how yet a video or an article on Val VoicesOfWrestling.com. I don't know how I'm going to do this. But I'm going to point out, my objective here will be to point out how nothing in this story has ever been interesting or different that has always been the same thing. Roman being distrusting of someone in his group and that person having to prove themselves. This is all it's ever been. I mean, the mo the, you know, that would be the more that would be the more interesting thing, right? That Jimmy turns out to just be like, no, 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 right? Turns out, you know, Roman was right. We were nothing without him. At least WWE fans are happy, right? They really like it. They're really into it. They're super into it. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, that's all that matters. If it's working for you, that's fine. I don't see anything crazy special about it. It's the, That's the thing. Is that it, it's not even a pro wrestling story to me. Like, I... I, I, I and if there were true story beats to this, if it wasn't always the same thing happening over and over again, like WWE pretending like this is like Game of Thrones, you know, where this is like some deep, 
deep political intrigue, which is not. And at the same time, we have to stop pretending that pro wrestling is this high art form. It's pro wrestling. It, 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 it's dumb. <laughs> you know, pro wrestling is inherently stupid. And that's why, we, that's why we have to like it. You know, I realize what I watch. Don't worry. I'm not pretending it's high art. It's great. Athleticism's outstanding. I understand all the moving parts. And yes, the bloodline is, you know, it's, just, it's stupid. But I'm telling you, like, even, even on a story basis, look, if people even told me, I'm just watching this for the story, I'm like, brother, sister, friend, there is so much more better things you could be watching for stories than this. And that's what I don't understand. This is ultimately always what I've had an issue with when it comes to WWE and their reliance on stories is that their stories aren't even that good. The thing that they say they're supposed to be good at, they're not. And the bloodline, as much as, you know, again, people can have their opinion and, and feel a certain way about it. Here's how I, here's the certain way I feel about it. I think it's redundant, repetitive, and boring. Nothing ever happens in this story. And so, like I was saying, this is my main issue with most WWE stories. They're supposed to be so good at stories, so good at telling stories, that, oh, you know, wins and losses don't matter, and the in-ring is fine. It's a but the stories stink. If I want to watch stories, I want to watch like compelling things, comedies, dramas, all the things that they purport to do, I will go see the actual thing. I will go watch The Boys. I'll go watch Succession. I'll go watch uh, anything else. Then continue, you know, down whatever path that was. Because if at least the work was there, if after, at the very least, you'd get incredible pro wrestling, then you'd be like, well, okay, I'll suffer through the junk to get to the good matches, but those are even few and far between. And yes, I have. I've started. I mean, I'm going to do a full preview of, of Money in the Bank next week, but, you know, I, I guess it's newsworthy to say that, uh, that the, the fields for the Money in the Bank ladder matches are all filled, right? It's all done. The women's side was, you know, well, this, they were all finished up last night on, on Raw, right? Zelina Vega, Becky Lynch, Zoe Stark, Bailey, Io Sky, and, <laughs> and Trish Stratus for your, you know, consideration. Um, I'm very half and half on this. I'm, I'm very, very half and half on this match. Um, because I really like Zoe Stark. I really like Io Sky. I think those women are fantastic. I think Bailey's a good storyteller. Becky is going to be hit or miss. I find this is I find this is Becky's thing. It's been Becky's thing for a while now. Um she's hit or miss. 
She'll either be good or she'll stink up the joint. So I don't know what to expect here. Zelina Vega is not a wrestler. And Trish Stratus, what, what are we even doing? But like, but I will say this about Trish. This is, there is something I think that is, that is eluding a lot of folks. And I think that we need to point out in a world, <laughs> in an environment where, you know, pro wrestlers come back, you know, they, they are, uh, they, they retire, they become Hall of Famers, and then they come back for a run, not unlike Edge, not unlike Rey Mysterio, not unlike Sting. We have the dudes doing it all over the place. Why couldn't we have a woman? Why? And isn't it great that we're in a position where we can, you know, scratch the surface a little bit and go, hey, you know, Trish, would you like to have a, another little run? She'd be like, yeah, sure. And she's, I'm not saying she's great, she's competent, you know? I think this is, this is significant. And I think this is something to, to earmark moving forward. And I don't think it's getting enough, uh, 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 um, is praise the right, the right word? I don't know if it's praise, but it's not getting enough shine, this decision to bring Trish in, former, uh, you know, Attitude era, Trish. She, you know, she's pushing 50, coming back in, still doing this. And we're poo-pooing on it a lot. Whereas we wouldn't poo-poo as easily on other guys. Io Contrera finds something very refreshing in this. Now, should she win? No! <laughs> of course not. Money in the bank should be something to elevate new people, right? But WWE's lost the plot so entirely hard on Money in the Bank. And I don't know why people still get excited about it. It's, it's, it's always kind of boring. And the outcomes are always kind of boring. And then we have uh, the men's field that was, again, filled up last night. We have Ricochet, Shinsuke Nakamura, LA Knight, Santos, Escobar, Butch, Damian Priest, and... Logan Paul, who did not qualify, just announced himself, which is, again, the most WWE thing you can do. Up until, I thought the field was complete when I talked about it. Was it last week or the week before? I don't remember. I thought the field was complete. And I was like, that's a good looking field. Like, legitimately, legitimately, Ricochet, Nakamura, Priest, Knight, Escobar, Butch, Pete Dunne. What are we talking about here? Like, this is a, that's a solid group of guys. And I said it right here and I'll say it again. I will absolutely watch this and be excited to see it. Despite the fact that it's another fucking ladder match. As long as they, as long as they don't go overboard on the spots. Which is something that you know, will likely happen seeing, you know, who's in this match here. Um, I'm looking forward to this. Can't tell me the opposite. But adding Logan Paul into this, I think Logan Paul's a piece of shit. Regardless of, you know, this is the, this is the, the dichotomy in which, you know, I live in where I'm like, on one hand, it's hard to not appreciate how naturally Logan Paul has picked up 
pro wrestling and how, you know, crazy good he is at it. But on the other side, he's a piece of shit. Fits in perfectly in pro wrestling when you think about it. You know what the best outcome here is? I'll give you a little spoiler to my preview for next week for all of this money in the bank nonsense. You know what the best outcome here is? Logan Paul wins, cashes in on Roman. And wins. That is a WWE. That, that is a move. That is a move that would get me interested into watching WWE again on a regular basis. Not just matches here and there, not just clips of the show. I'd watch it again. Roman Reigns getting cashed in on by Logan Paul and Logan Paul beating him. Not gonna lie, the chaos, which is what I'm here for, would be exquisite. Exquisite. <laughs> he will make me feel. Oh, I know they, they don't have the gumption to pull it off. They never, or, or do they? Think about it as we week as we wrap up the weekly wrestling inspection. Bloodline Civil War is what they're calling the match at Money in the Bank. Ah, uh... <laughs> Sammy should have won the title anyway. I'm going to wrap it up on that note, folks. I want to thank everyone for hanging out here this evening in a good, sizable chat that hung out all night. I hope you enjoyed everything we did. We had a lot of fun with the Q&A, with some games as well. If you were here live, you, if you weren't here live, you missed something. I'll tell you what. But leave a like on this video as you're heading out. Subscribe if this is the first time you're here. I'd appreciate it a great deal, even if you're watching on demand right now and if you're listening on your favorite podcast application well again you know what to do you don't need to me to tell you but i'll tell you anyway five star ratings on spotify and five star reviews on apple Podcasts help out a great deal i will be back on sunday in one form or another for the aew no on thursday first and foremost for the dynamite review and then on sunday for the collision review uh and uh, otherwise I, if you can't make it there, that's okay. I'll be back streaming live next Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Don't miss it. Forbidden Door 2 review. Hope you all have a great rest of your week. See you next time.